0: Welcome to the Destination Begin Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here, sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) That's hi-hi in French. I am podcasting from Paris. I cannot believe that I that I can say that I'm I'm in Paris it's ah, it's a dream come true I I've just I've always wanted to go see the Eiffel Tower and sit at a cafe and have a coffee and a pastry and it just seemed like a place that was far away and never a place that I would get to and so big like the Eiffel Tower just so big and I don't know I'm just I'm just I'm beside myself I know that other people have traveled, and lots of people have traveled, and bajillions of people have seen it. And traveling is like something that people do from the time they're kid. And you know, hey, Kristen, act like you've been there before. But guess what? I haven't been here before. And traveling is never going to stop blowing my mind. I, uh, I don't, I don't take it for granted because I just never thought I'd get to do it. I went, I went to Israel when I was in college. There was a study trip I got to take with my school. So three week trip um, to Israel and it was traveling around, um, having lectures at different sites and taking tests and getting college credit. And it was an amazing experience, but I was young and I didn't really appreciate it the way that I could have, cause I was young and stupid. And I was in the throes of trying to throw my life away with my first husband. But so after that, like, you know, I just didn't travel. I always wanted to. And then, you know, I had a baby and my first husband, didn't really want to travel. Every time we had vacation time, we went and saw his family, which is fair. Um, And then just didn't really go anywhere. And so I've been fortunate enough now to see a lot of the U.S., which I'm still thrilled to see all kinds of places in the U.S. I don't have to go overseas to love travel. I love travel. Um, But last year I went to Ukraine, which was amazing. And that just kicked off this insane love of travel and loving traveling alone. I didn't mean to go to Ukraine alone, but it worked out that way and I loved it. And then I went to Rio, um, to Brazil at Thanksgiving last year with my girlfriends. That was amazing. And while I loved traveling with them, I kind of wished to be alone for part of it. So I did spend a lot of alone time. And so I, I love traveling alone. Um, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much in general. So, um, this past June, I was out at the ocean at full moon. I tried to go out and put my feet in the water or at least be on the beach every full moon. And I was really just kind of in turmoil in my heart and soul, soul for a lot of reasons and just wondering kind of what was next. And I just had this vision of, you know what? You're going to see the full moon at the Eiffel Tower at Paris, in Paris. Like I just, I just had this vision. And a couple of days later, it was my birthday and I got a, a birthday card in the mail from my dear friend, Simona, and she's a photographer. She's done amazing photos for me and for lots of people. She's amazing. And she had just been to Paris last year and she sent me a birthday card that she'd made out of a photo of the Eiffel Tower. So I got my mail. I open it up. There's a birthday card. I open it and there's the Eiffel Tower and my heart just leapt. I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go. This summer has been incredibly financially stressful for me. Um, Just so many different things. It's like not a good time financially to be doing anything. But I started looking at flights. I found a really, really cheap flight round trip to London. And then, you know, it's easy to get from London to Paris. And I'm like, I'm doing it. So on faith, I booked it for September. Um, And then I got asked to speak at a conference in London. The dates that I'm in London, so it worked out perfectly, and then I was able to book the the chunk of the trip into Paris. So now I'm living it. So I got into London um, on Wednesday. And I got to spend 24 hours in London. I was there just long enough for the queen to die. She lived a long, healthy life until I arrived and then she died. So I'm not saying I'm bad luck. I'm just saying that she died basically the minute I got into her country. So um, I got there. I had enough time to check into my hotel and have a little nap. And then I went on a walk. And it was amazing. I got to see, it was raining, so it was kind of slowed me down, but Kensington Palace and the Princess Diana Memorial Playground, which I intended to swing on the swing set there. Um, Whenever, the Code of Chrissy, when one sees a swing set, one must swing on said swing set. It's just the way it is. And so now I look for swing sets because I I get such glee and joy out of swinging on swing sets. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to go to the Princess Diana Memorial Playground, and I am going to swing on the swing set. So I went there, and the playground attendant said, I'm sorry, but you can't come unless you have a child with you. I'm like, well, but my inner child is with me. And she just stared at me. She goes, if we let all the adults in, there'd be no room for the children, would there? I'm like again my inner child is right here she is eight anyway I had to leave I couldn't swing so whatever Britain your rules about things that are stupid anyway but I got to see Kensington Palace and then I just walked through Hyde Park and um, enjoyed the scenery, enjoyed getting rained on. And then I, where I popped out of the park was this really cool area that had Harrods department store and a Starbucks that had a water closet, which I needed, and um, coffee, which I needed, and an Apple store across the street, which I needed. And then it started super pouring. And so... Instead of continuing down the road to Buckingham Palace, which is where I wanted to go on my little loop, I cut across Hyde Park and went back to my hotel. And then a few minutes later, the news came out that the queen had died. And I'm like, uh, I, I, there was people gathering at the palace at the time. I think the news maybe came out like right about the time that I would have been there. But I just, I didn't go. So um, I ended up going back the next day. I went for a run. I thought, I'll just run by the palace like now that like I'm sure there'll be some people there (laughs) the entire city was on their way to pay their respects there was just streams of people from every direction in black with black umbrellas walking toward Buckingham Palace and when I ran and I got kind of close I had to stop running obviously and then walk with everyone and it was just wall-to-wall people people crying people very sober and with flowers like Literally, everybody was coming with flowers to pay their respects. And I'm like, there is nobody in the United States that would die that this would happen where the whole entire nation would basically be like, well, I got to go pay my respects. We just don't have a symbolic person like they have with the queen. And um, so it was really amazing to be there, just standing there. I happened to be there for the first time in my life on this really momentous day. And, you know, to see the response of the people, the people in my hotel were sobbing that night when, when the news came out, it was just, people were just kind of wandering around stupefied and, um, it was a really surreal. So, um, I did go out to dinner my first night in London. So I'm going back to London. So I, I didn't have a lot of time and I wasn't worried about seeing everything right away. But, you know, the, the quintessential food in London is, um, bangers and mash, fish and chips, the English breakfast, and like a country roast dinner, So I'm like, all right, I got to get dinner. I'm going to go for a walk and find fish and chips or bangers and mash. So I found this pub that assigned fish and chips and bangers and mash. And I'm like, all right, they got both of them. So I sat down, thought I'll do bangers and mash. So bangers is like sausages, mash, mashed potatoes, and then gravy. And so they bring me this plate with these three sausages and this pile of potatoes and a little ladle of gravy. And it looked delicious. So I had high hopes for this. And, um... The sausages were like, I expected brats, kind of. And then the potatoes, I don't know that you can screw up potatoes, but holy buckets, it was disgusting. The whole thing had no flavor. The sausage was like, just tasted like bread. There was no flavor. There was no spice. The potatoes were were There was nothing going on. The gravy tasted like beer. It was disgusting. Uh, it was awful. The only thing good about it was it wasn't that expensive and that I could just leave because you don't have to, apparently, you don't have to tip. I didn't know that. Like, I paid when I ordered, and I was like, so how do I tip? And they just stared at me. So that was kind of weird, but okay. Sorry, I to have a drink of water. Um, in Miami, it's the opposite. They add gratuity, whether you like it or not. I've heard that they do that because Europeans don't tip. And so Europeans would travel to Miami, wouldn't tip, and people would get pissed. And so they started adding it on purpose so that they wouldn't get screwed. And now I guess... I'm getting the other side of it because I'm tipping by accident in Europe, but whatevs. Anyway, so bangers and mash, stupid. Um, I'm going to try fish and chips and the English breakfast before I go home, but I didn't get it done before I left London. So Friday morning, um, I got up and and ran to Buckingham Palace and then came back, packed up, and um, I I had the most fun day travel. I walked to the train station that paddington station and took a train to the elizabeth or to the thames link transferred to that train and then i took a train to the london gatwick airport for my flight to paris so i could have taken a train from london to paris but i didn't go to book it early enough so if you book about a month in advance it's 60 bucks But if you book three days ahead of time, it's $250. So it was cheaper for me to fly between London and Paris, although it took more time. So my round trip life was $150. So really not that bad. But um, it was a really fun travel day. And to be on the train in London, I got to see things I hadn't seen yet. I got to see the Ferris wheel and um, got to go on London Bridge. And then the London Gatwick airport was really cool. Um, My flight ended up being delayed about... Three and a half hours. So I had a lot of time to hang out. And luckily, I had my Affirmator cards with me. And so I was sitting, we were all, everybody there in the airport was huddled around the charging stations and the free Wi Fi stations. So our, you know, smartphones, I kept pointing out as we're all kind of like taking turns with the outlets for power. Like, we're, these smartphones have set us free to be slaves. And so I was sitting there doing my journaling and my reading and. I'm coming out with a, with a journal, like a, a self-care affirmation type daily journal. And so I've got test sheets of the things that I'm going to put in it. And so I'm filling them out every day and writing in them to kind of just test and see if these questions and these journal parts are going to be good long term. So if I enjoy filling them out every day than others will and then i'm also thinking of new things to add and just ways to change it so i printed up a bunch out and so every day i do this self-care checklist and so i was doing that and journaling and these people were all like you know within a couple inches of me so i pulled out my affirmator cards i was like hey would you like an affirmation and they a hundred percent of them were like yes and it was so fun to see them pick a card and then their eyes go wide because these cards are creepy they are always exactly perfect like, this one girl pulled it, and hers was um, reward or something like that, where it said she deserves um, a bubble bath or a treat or perhaps a trip away, and she, her eyes rolled up into her. She's like, I'm finally taking this holiday, and it's been so long. I'm like, oh, see, they know, and then this other guy pulled it, one that said everyone's a teacher, and he was like, whoa, I've learned so much today from people, and I, it was really fun, so that was fun way to pass the time, and then my flight was super late, but I indeed got on an airplane, bound for Paris. And I was dancing around like a little kid. I was so excited. I was in line to get on the plane and I was like just bouncing, just bouncing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Paris. Oh my gosh, I'm going to Paris. And there was these kids in line behind me that were not happy. And I looked at them. I'm like, we're going to Paris. We're going to Paris. Are you excited? And they just stared at me. So they said, I did not speak English, turns out. So they were just like, who's the crazy person? Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. So the flight is only an hour. And um, got off the plane, put us on a shuttle bus to the terminal, went to the um, passport control line, and I just, like, started bawling. <laughs> and I'm crying right now. Like, the guy, you know, asked me a couple questions, and he stamped my passport with the O-R-Y, Paris. <sighs> And he just started crying because, like, I just, it's such a dream come true. Like, Chrissy is in Paris. I, it's like, I can't deal with it. I'm so excited. And I'm saying this while I'm in Paris. So here's the girl in pigtails and pink pants sobbing, going down to get her bags. And then later, sobbing in frustration because I couldn't figure out how to get to my Uber driver and he didn't speak English and I don't speak French. But we figured it out. His name is Mohammed. He was so nice. Um, I ended up Google translating and sending him a text through the chat box in the Uber thing because he kept asking me questions and um he just asked him louder and I couldn't communicate in French, even no matter how loud he talked French at me. So I told him, This is my dream come true. I'm excited to go to the full moon um at the Eiffel Tower and you know, dreams come true. I hope you dream big and he's like, Oh, so nice, so nice. Welcome to Paris at night, because it was like midnight. So sweet. So, I got an Airbnb in Paris in the Le Marais, Le Marais area, which is the third borough. We're not even going to try to say that. Our, our, our word because I can't. Um, but, oh my gosh, you guys. This Airbnb is spectacular. It was cheaper than any hotel room by a mile. It was, it's, it was half the price of... Um, any hotel in this area i wanted to stay kind of in the middle because i like to walk everywhere and i'm a girl traveling alone i want to be where i feel like i'm going to be safe so it's a single woman who lives here so she's like yeah i live here alone as a woman so i feel safe so you'll be fine and it's a full apartment it's it's huge it's bigger than the apartment i live in i think and right outside is just everything cafes restaurants coffee shops um the metro station So I got in super late and I had a little meltdown because there's three locks on the door and I don't, I don't do keys and locks. Like I know how to do one lock of the key, but like these things, so it took me a long time outside the door to figure out, you know, like, okay, I turn the top one all the way to the right. I turn them all all the way to the right. Nope. Okay. Top one to the right, middle one to the right, bottom one to the left. Nope. It was awful. I finally got in here just had a little happy little hissy fit of like I'm embarrassed I'm embarrassed I'm embarrassed um and then try to go to sleep I was super duper tired so I indeed slept for forever um and then I got up this morning and I was sleepy because it's still like weird jet lag but I got up and went outside immediately and started walking and it was like at 9 30 in the morning and there was hardly anybody out and things weren't even open yet on a Saturday morning but I started walking and walking and I was too afraid to sit down at an outdoor sidewalk thing because people said, if you don't try to speak French, they'll just like laugh at you and be mean to you. And I just didn't, I was too scared to try. So I finally just went to a little takeaway bakery where I could get, I got a croque, monsieur, 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 I don't know. And um, some little madeleines because they were so cute. And then a coffee and I came back to my little flat and I ate here and I got courage but it was a really good sandwich. Um, so I decided I wasn't going to worry about what I'm eating today. I was just going to eat everything I saw that I liked. Because I'm in Paris. And so I just put on a sundress and a jacket because it was raining. And I just started walking. And I decided since it was raining I was going to go look um, go see Notre Dame. And then the, the number one place that was recommended to me was Saint-Chapelle. Which is a chapel that has stained glass windows in it. Like tons and tons of them. I forget how many. I'm not good with facts. But so I walked down there. And Notre Dame went through a fire in 2019, so it's being restored. Um so you guys, I don't know if you know this. But so the cathedral like part of it burned and stuff. And they went into the debris pile with robots and then took images. And then from those images, all of these historic people can figure out what part of the cathedral exactly that each piece of debris came from, then they clean it with like science-y stuff, and then cata- catalog it, and then put it in like a place, and eventually they're going to put the original stuff back where it was. Like, what? The amount of work and time and energy and tediousness to try to restore it like to its original as much as possible is insane. I don't you guys need to google this and read about what they're doing. It's 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 beyond insane. And then so they were working on it when there was the fire and there was this elaborate scaffolding that was set up and it was set up in such a way that it wouldn't hurt any of the existing structure. So it wasn't attached to the existing structure, but Which was good, but the fire was so hot that it melted the scaffolding. And now the scaffolding could fall and then do more damage. So they're building the scaffolding system to hold up the bad scaffolding. And the new scaffolding can't touch the existing structure because it could fall down. And so again, we're talking like this this restoration is probably going to take as long as it took to build the thing. It's insane. And I think it's lovely. However, I'm like, okay. We got a lot of real big problems in the world we got a lot of people that are dying of starvation. We got a lot of problems, big problems, and we're devoting this much time, energy, and money to restoring a thing that's just a speck on a speck. Okay? I'm not telling you what to do. But it it feels excessive in the grand scheme of life. It just does. That's just one person's opinion, but anyway, kudos, mad props. I didn't know that there were people alive whose job it was to preserve one rock from the nave of the temp- the cathedrals in the world. But there is, so it's, um, Godspeed. <sighs> it's the sound of a Parisian motorcycle or something out the window. How cool is that? Anyway, so then I went to S- San, San chapelle My pronunciation of things is terrible, I'm sorry. But basically, it's a cathedral next to Notre Dame. And there's two levels of sanctuaries, and the up, they're both beautiful, but the upper one is like all ceiling to floor, basically, stained glass. And each little stained glass window is a different scene telling the story of Jesus' birth through resurrection. And um, you follow them from bottom to top, and they're all in order and stuff. And I couldn't follow it, but the bottom line is, it's stunning. It's magnificent it's one of the most stunningly beautiful places I have been and I can imagine ever topping the light coming in through those windows the glow the beauty the color it was like uh there's there aren't words and I I spent about an hour in there just going you kind of go on one side of the others who can like just like relax and look up and take it in and there. My heart and my mind and my soul were just going crazy with just absorbing and feeling and thinking and um, I started, of course, I start to metaphor. That's like what I do and I was looking at this one pane and it was, you know, it goes from from bottom to top and I was thinking, you know, of my life was one of these windows. Each little story of my life, I'm going around now to the, around the world, I'm going around the world to tell my story and to try to change lives. And so each of the little stories that I tell in as parts of my big story of my life, like what if it was a window? And so I started looking at the bottom window and like, oh, there's my, when I was a little baby, this little story of me being a baby. And I felt the emotions of just picturing myself as a baby and smiles on my face. And then, oh, when I was just a little girl and I remembered being seven and eight and happy-go-lucky and Then when I was a preteen and I, you know, I see images in my head of when I started to get chubby and I started to feel lonely and I tell that story in my story and I I could feel my heart and my soul kind of traveling this story and, you know, up to being a teenager and up to meeting Donnie and up to having Steven and the, the windows that represented my years of being his mom and my eyes were traveling up and up from window to window as I was reviewing the stories of my life. And then I got to the story of my second marriage and when I had to leave. And the grief, the grief of that experience in my life is one that is not, I'm not over it. And I've, you know, I've moved on. It's been a long time, but there are times in my life where the sadness of that overtakes me and today was one of those days and i i so many images and moments during that time flooded through me and it happened to be when i was at the top window in that particular row and i just i wept and i let the sad out and i just you know that was uh, that that really got me that that knocked me down I I didn't see that coming. You know, I went all in. I married him thinking that it was my happy ending and I never imagined that I never imagined what happened. And the sadness is just something that I guess eventually it'll all be out, but it it's a lot of it's left on the floor of that chapel today. And then I moved on. Because then I went from that to my happy little tree house in St. Louis Park. The little girl pad where I made my life happy and sunny and I immersed in everything that I loved and I started to heal and I found my joy and I started this podcast and I started, I did 75 hard and I started to build a different life for myself. If I can't have the life that I thought I was going to have, well, I'm going to have the best life I could possibly have. And so my eyes were on the next row of windows at the bottom and I started to to think about all the little stories of my life since then and all the beautiful things that have happened and the people that I've met and then I moved and then the boot camp and now I'm traveling the world and I'm going up the row of windows with my eyes and feeling all of those emotions and I zoom out and I'm like the story of my life includes joy and growth and happiness and a baby and marriages and divorces and pain and rebirth and new beginnings and That is what life is. Life is a story. It's a tapestry of highs and lows and pains and joys and sorrows and celebrations. And all of it together is so beautiful. And for us to expect we just get the joys and we just, we try to build a life where we're safe and no sorrow can get in. It's not possible, A. And B, that would not be living. That would be, that would get old, joyful, happy little things. If all I ever did was sit at the beach on a sunny day, I'd get sunburned. <laughs> I wouldn't grow. I wouldn't learn. I wouldn't develop. I wouldn't, I would just be one thing. I don't want that. I want a life full of highs and I want lows and I want pain and I want joy. I want all of it. I'm willing. I'm willing because it's beautiful. And there are some windows depicting a joyful scene and it's full of colors of red rep- on these robes of royalty. Cor- the coronation of King David and the red and the purple. And then there's the crucifixion and that red is blood. And so that same color represents beauty and power and then pain and loss. Just like there are days in our lives that represent big things, little things, joys, sorrows. But the color The color is still powerful. Any day in our life can bring good or bad. Any day, any moment. We don't get to pick, but we get to pick to live. An action verb live and say, I want a beautiful tapestry. I want my life to to be a beautiful tapestry. And if I choose to take the good and the bad, then my story of my life is going to be beautiful. It's going to culminate into a beautiful ending. When you shine light on my windows, you're going to see something beautiful if I take it all. And I just, I want to take it all. It renewed my energy to say, yeah, bring it on. I'm going to suffer more and I'm okay with that because life is beautiful. (sighs) And it was, I just, yeah. There was big grins on my face and little laughs and then sobbing. And I'm sure people thought I was nuts. So lots of other things that went through my heart and mind while I was in there that just... Um, I tucked away, and I will treasure and ponder for a very long time, but it was beautiful. And, um, you know, it's funny because that church, it's thousands and thousands of panes of glass. And um, I follow Jenna Fail, who, she's amazing, and she's a First Form sponsored athlete, and she does stained glass. And she just started it a while ago, and she shows how it's done, and she makes these beautiful things. And the process of making stained glass, like, it's not... It's not easy as in like anybody can do it, but anybody can learn to do it, and then it's just time consuming. So it's not hard, it's not like digging a ditch. It's requires patience and skill and artistry, but to make one little thing, it's not it's it's easy. But you look at this giant chapel and it seems like this is a huge feat, but every single little piece of glass putting that in there was actually easy it just took a really long time. And it took a lot of pieces of glass. And it took a lot of persistence and consistency. But time passes anyway. And over time, they apparently didn't quit and they built the most beautiful stained glass chapel. And I was like, you know what? Building this was not hard. Building this was just time consuming. How many times have you put together a big puzzle? Like a thousand piece puzzle. It's not hard. You're not working. You're just like sitting there working on it. And if you just don't ever stop. If you work on it a little bit, eventually you get it done. And it's like, wow, usually you don't say, well, that was hard. Usually you say, well, that took forever or it didn't take forever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done saying I do hard things. I'm now going to say I do big things because all the things that I've done that I used to say are hard things like run marathons or do 75 hard or lose 250 pounds. Those were simply big projects. To, To run a marathon, I had to just start by running for 20 minutes That wasn't hard. That was pretty easy. And then each week you add a little bit more. And when you look at the little things, it's not hard. It's hard to stick with it. It's hard to do that thing for a long time. But if you do that little easy thing for a long time, you get the big result. So I'm like, bazinga. I am never saying I do hard things again. If I do, I'm going to correct myself. I don't do hard things. I do big things. Why? Because I'm big. I'm a big person. I'm capable of big things. Big as in I'm powerful and I have staying power and I have tenacity. So I don't want to do a puzzle with four pieces. That's boring. I want to do a 1,000-piece puzzle and just stick with it for a long time. I don't want to do a 30-day diet. I want to do 75 hard again, which I am going to do, by the way, starting September 18th. If you want to do 75 hard um, and just have a camaraderie with me, go ahead. It's not a, hey, let's have a group and let's try to do it. No. No. It's do or do not. I am doing 75 hard. I will be doing 75 days of 75 hard, September 18th to December 1st. There is no, I hope so. There is no, if I can. I'm doing 75 hard, and December 1st will be my last day. If that is how committed you are, let me know because we will have fun doing it together. It's not a support group. I won't pet you if you quote unquote fall off the wagon. I'm going to say that's really sad that you let yourself down. And if I fall off the wagon, I want you to say, hey, I'm really sorry you let yourself down that's pathetic that's the level of 75 hard commitment that I want because 75 hard is easy it's just long a day of 75 hard is not hard it's not hard to work out twice in one day heck if you can go for a walk 245 minute walks is all the minimum you have to do that's not hard and follow a diet it's not hard in practicality that's not hard don't drink alcohol. Is it really hard? Is someone going to come shove it down your throat? Don't eat sweets. Is someone going to shove it down your throat? No. Follow a diet? You get to pick the diet. Read 10 pages. Do you have half an hour in your day you can read 10 pages? You can read it while you're going to the bathroom. You can read one page and then go stir the pot of soup on your on your stove. I digress. I'm doing 75 hard because I do big things. So that experience today is just one of a billion that changed some thinking of mine and I loved it so much so after that I walked back and um I got a beret I got some really cool um sunglasses and by the way I got a raspberry beret because I'm from Minnesota and so is Prince so raspberry beret I was thinking that all day and then I saw a vintage shop and do you know what they were selling at that vintage shop they were selling a raspberry beret, the kind they sell at a secondhand store. And it was a secondhand store. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. I wonder if they know. I don't know if they know. But anyway, um, what else did I do? And then I took a nap, and then I got right back up, and it was time to go to the Eiffel Tower because it's the full moon tonight, and I needed to see the full moon of September at the Eiffel Tower, so it was about an hour walk, but it was raining. So it took me a long time, and it, at one point I had to stop and go inside somewhere and get out of the rain because it was getting too wet. So I popped into a little cafe, and the only food that they were selling was pizza. So I'm like, okay. So I got a pizza. Um, I couldn't read the menu, so I just pointed at the one that was the most expensive because it looked like it had the most toppings because I love lots of stuff on my pizza. And sure enough, it had a brie and sausage and pepperoni and an egg in the middle, and it was really good. It was really good but um so far the food that i've had here has been like it's been fine but nothing that's like maybe go oh my god oh my god like people do but i've got a few more days so anyway then i walked to the eiffel tower and as i was walking there i caught a glimpse of it at one point and i started crying and then i got closer and when i came around the corner and it was right there i burst into um just Just I don't. I got. I got to stand there and look up at the Eiffel Tower. It's this thing that's. It's just a thing. It's something that a man, a bunch of men, made on planet Earth. That's just a speck in the speck. But it's the Eiffel Tower, and it's iconic. And I got to stand there. I got to go to the place where it is and see it with my little ojos, with my eyeballs. And I just alternated again between giggling. Like And laughing in total joy and just crying and like, how did this happen? How did I get here? How am I so lucky? How am I so lucky to stand here? I just, it's just stuff that I just, as a little girl, it was just never going to be something that I did. I never imagined. It just wasn't in, my family didn't travel. People I know didn't travel. It was just not a thing. It wasn't it wasn't like we're going to go to Target, we're going to go to Paris. Like some people it's like, "Where are you going this summer?" "Oh, we're going to go to France and Italy and Spain." Like that's like what people do. I get it. It's not like I'm the first person to do it. It's just that it wasn't a part of my orbit. And so the fact that I get to do it, it's like, "What?" The it just it, I'm b- b- beside myself as you can hear. So I just um anyway, I just stood there and this man came up with a guitar and started playing music it was perfect and there was the guy selling balloons wrapped in sparkly lights and so I bought myself a balloon with sparkly lights and I stood there and I was just I was there for about 2 hours just watching it and it lit up and it was so pretty and I walked around and just loved every moment And then I left right before 10 o'clock, and I was walking down the street to walk back to my Airbnb, because it was an hour walk, and I had my balloon on my shoulder, and my beret in my head, and I was so happy, and then I turned around, and I could still see it, and it was doing the sparkly, lighty-up thing, and I missed it. I wasn't at the... I wasn't there when they turned those lights on, but I got to see it in that street, and it was really beautiful, and then I just got to walk back, and I walked back, and I walked by the Louvre, and over the river, and... It was, you know, 1130 at night and the streets were still full of people and eating and laughing and out these little cafes. And so it was just, it was such a delightful walk. And now I'm back in my Airbnb and I should go to bed. But it's just been the most beautiful day. And that's just day one. I have all day Sunday, all day Monday here. And I fly back to London on Tuesday. And then I have Tuesday and Wednesday to sightsee in London. And then Thursday, I'm speaking at a conference for Hoolahan Loki in London, and they're going to record it, and they're going to send it to all of their offices, and I'm going to be speaking about mantras. So I'm going to be telling my story and about the mantras that that we believe, whether we know it or not, and the mantras then that we can adopt to then go get all the things that we want out of life. So I'm so excited, and if you have a a conference that you like to go to um, that you think would benefit from having a keynote speaker like me Um, or if you run a conference or if you just have a workplace and you have a budget for lunch and learns, um, health and wellness, any of that stuff, this is what I'm doing now. And I want to speak in as many places as I possibly can. Last week I spoke in Chicago, um, at a company, I did a lunch and learn. So they brought in lunch and then they learned with me and I got to tell them my story and show them with like all these photos and It was amazing because I, like, they all listened to me. I had all of their attention 100%, 100% of the time. And it was amazing to be able to do that live and and with people that I didn't know and a whole new group of people. And it was just such an awesome thing. So I'm excited to do that here in London and then hopefully around the world and forever. So I would love to speak to you and your office or your group or um, I have all the info. So if you have a lead for me, I would love it because I want to do this everywhere. And guess what? This sounds self-serving. I'm really good at it. I don't think there's anything that I've ever done or that I do that I'm better at than what I do when I get in front of a group of people and speak. It's my calling. It's my talent. I didn't ask for it, but I love it and I'm really good at it. And so you won't regret having me speak to your group, come to your office, come to your conference, whatever it may be. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just really proud. I'm really proud of my story. And I'm proud of the lessons that I can pull out of it to give to others. And um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, because I do a lot of it right here. So anyway, so that's all from, from Paris. Um, bourgeois, I think. Bon, bonsoir. Bonjour. I don't know. Language is hard. English is hard enough. Anyway, good night. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Adios. My Spanish is so good compared to my French considering I don't know any French. But the word for strawberry is very close in Mexica- in, in Spanish and French. One is... Fr- whatever. One is one word and one is another, but they sound the same. How's that? And neither one of them sounds like strawberry. So I think Spanish is fresas. fresas and then it's similar here. Anyway, whatever. Um, that's all, that's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email. Kristen at KristenSmithOnline.com. Follow me on Instagram, the Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.